Davis Financial Advisors is a branch office of and securities offered through Independent Financial Group, member FINRA and SIPC. Sean Davis is a registered representative of Independent Financial Group. The interpretation and organization of these ideas are the confidential thoughts of Sean Davis and do not necessarily represent the opinions of IFG Incorporated. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, including market fluctuation, possible loss of principal value or liquidity, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment strategy will be profitable. And now, Uncommon Investments and Resources presented by Davis Financial Advisors, independent investment services for pursuing your investment goals. Here's your host, Sean Davis. Welcome to the show. You're listening to Uncommon Investments and Resources presented by Davis Financial Advisors, and I happen to be your humble host. My name is Sean Davis. I'm going to be a host for the next hour as we discuss the uncommon, the different, the less widely known investments and strategies available in the investment world today. And today, today, the show is going to be all about how to find yield in a low-yield world. Are you sitting on cash right now because you don't have any ideas on how to get it working for you? You're getting 0.0 nothing at the bank? Do you wish that you had more income from your retirement portfolio? Are you interested in learning more about what you might not have known was available in the income world? See, I've searched far and wide, long and far. I've gone over the hills, through the valleys, through the mountains, through the forest, across the river, down the beach, into the ocean, across the ocean, to foreign lands, trying to find yield for you. Now, <laughs> of course, I didn't do all that, but I did spend a lot of time and effort trying to do research on trying to uncover gems of yield in the investment world today, and that's going to be our discussion today for today's show. So sit down, get ready, strap yourself in. This is going to be, for you and retired folks out there in search of yield, this is going to be a very enlightening show and a show you probably want to take notes on and a show you may want to even refer back to, which is why you can catch our podcast at Davis Financial Advisors. If you miss any part of this show today, you can catch the podcast at davisfinancialadvisors.com. All right. First thing you got to do when you think about yield is you got to group your investments into three different categories. Short-term, long-term, mid-term. I I did those out of order for dramatic effect. You're expecting short-term, mid-term. I went (laughs) long-term. Hey, just trying to keep you... Keep you listening. I'll start with the basics. Almost everyone that I sit down with has three different types of money in their financial household. Each of these different types of money needs to have a different investment approach considered. So the first type of money, short-term money. This is the money in your portfolio that always needs to stay liquid. It's the money that you depend on if something bad happens and you need a chunk of cash quick. Some will call it a savings account. Others might call it an emergency account. Regardless of what you call it, it's the money that you want to be able to get at quickly if something happens that you didn't expect. The next type of money that we see is midterm money. This is the money in your portfolio that you want that you want to invest and put to work, but if you needed it, you could access it later, but you wouldn't go there first. You know, in other words, think of it like a two-year CD. I, you know, I, I'm more than willing to tap my money to two-year CD. I can get out of it if I had something um, catastrophic happen to me, but I'm I'm chasing after yield. I want to get a little better yield. So, midterm money is the money that you would use if you exhausted your short-term money. And uh, then there's long-term money. Uh, long-term money, as we decided or, or define it, is the money that you'd use last in your portfolio. Um, it's the money that you wouldn't want to touch immediately. You know, 
it's this kind of money in your world. Maybe it's your home equity. Maybe it's retirement accounts. Maybe it's business ownership. Maybe it's rental properties. But you don't value going to get at that money or wouldn't go there first if you had some sort of an emergency. So once you break these categories up, once you decide which type of money you're looking at, there are some obvious investments and strategies that you can consider. Those strategies, those ideas are what we're going to discuss throughout the rest of the show. Now, I've got 11 different investments that I'm going to outline. And unfortunately, I will not be able to get through all 11 during our one-hour show today. But rest assured, do not fret. I do have something I'd like to give you, and it'll be our investor's guide. I'll tell you how to get that. It's got a profile of all of them. But let's jump right into it. I want to, I want to talk about the things that are more unique um, and different. So I want to talk, first of all, about corporate hybrid credit. What is corporate hybrid credit? That's a great question. Well, a single financial security that combines two or more different financial instruments. Hybrid securities, often referred to as hybrids, generally combine both debt and equity characteristics. The most common type of hybrid security is a convertible bond that has features of an ordinary bond but is heavily influenced by the price movements of the stock into which it is convertible. Hybrid securities are bought and sold on an exchange through a brokerage account. Hybrids may give investors, retirees, a fixed or floating rate of return and may pay returns as interest or as dividends. Some hybrids return their face value to the holder when they mature, and some have tax advantages. In addition to convertible bonds, another popular type of hybrid security is convertible preference shares, which pay dividends at a fixed or floating rate before common stock dividends are paid and can be exchanged for shares of the underlying company stock. A little heady there, but um, just think of it as, a, as a, an investment that has both bond characteristics and stock characteristics that gives you options. Each type of hybrid security has unique risk and reward characteristics. Uh, convertible bonds offer greater potential for appreciation than regular bonds, but pay less interest than conventional bonds and still face the risk that the underlying company could perform poorly and fail to make coupon payments or not be able to repay back the bond's face value at maturity. Convertible securities offer greater income potential than regular securities, but can still lose value if the underlying company underperforms. Other risks of hybrid securities include deferred interest payments, insolvency, market price volatility, early repayment, and illiquidity. Here's another investment to consider, lifetime income annuities. I've said before I don't love or hate annuities. I think that they are oversold by my industry, but if you wanted to guarantee that you'll never outlive your money, then annuities are the one place that you can do that. Lifetime annuities, also known as immediate annuities, begin with a simple proposition. The investor hands over a lump sum amount of money in exchange for a guaranteed payout for life. At its most basic, that's the story in a nutshell. Investors looking to customize the arrangement have a wide variety of options from which to choose. Now, these distributions and our payouts by the annuity are backed by the financial strength of the issuing insurance company. In other words, the guarantee is only as good as the insurance company standing behind it. Under the base scenario, the investor's initial investment goes to the insurance company upon the investor's death. If the investor is married, Payments can be scheduled over the lifetimes of the investor and a spouse instead of just over a single lifetime. Think of it this way. The more guarantees you want to put on the money that survives you, you know, in other words, you want to make sure that your wife is taken care of or your husband's taken care of, then you're going to get less present-day income. The fewer guarantees you put on it, the more income you're going to get. If you are somebody that is always worried about outliving your money, annuities are the one place that you can go that does have the G word guaranteed by the insurance company. Not guaranteed against all things that you can imagine, but it's the one place you can go. And I've got other ideas for you, but if any of this is making sense to you, then I encourage you to give us a call. Um, here's a toll-free number. Write it down or call it now. 
800-682-2806. It's toll-free. My team's standing by. They're going to ask you a few brief, simple questions. Helps us to get a snapshot of what you're doing right now. And I'm going to send you this latest investor's guide. It's called The Hunt for Yield. It's an in-depth profile, an outline of 11 investments and four strategies for retirement income. As I said, I can't get into all of them today, so the only way to get all of them today is to get the guide. 800-682-2806. Now, coming up, I'm going to talk a little bit about Alphabet Soup. I'm going to talk about BDCs, UITs, REITs. Oh, my. Sean Davis, Uncommon Investments. There was a ton of great information in that last segment. It really does create a critical question, though. If you learn something that you didn't know you didn't know, what else might you learn if you visit with Davis Financial Advisors? They have a philosophy that financial advisors should bring you knowledge, information, and resources that you cannot easily find on your own. Retirement income planning is complex. Sure, you might have done a great job at managing your own investments in your IRA or 401ks, but that's completely different than planning for 30-plus years of income in retirement. You can't ride a train to Europe. You can't captain a sailboat on the ocean in Colorado. There's a natural order to things. You should use the most efficient and effective vehicles to get you where you want to go. The stock market may be a good place to grow money, but that's vastly different than living on money from income. Consider getting a retirement income second opinion from Sean and his team by calling 1-800-682-2806. Once again, 1-800-682-2806. I hear something saying, Welcome back to the show. Sean Davis on your radio, talking about your money, talking about your investments, talking about yield in a low-yield world. Are you retired? Are you in need of additional income? You know, this, this show was partly inspired by a couple that came in to sit with me. And, um, you know, they felt like they had done a really good job at saving and accumulating a nice nest egg. Um, their portfolio was well over a million bucks, but... You know, the reality of it is, is that they were living on less income than what they had expected. In this low-yield world, retirement wasn't quite as, as beneficial and or flexible as what they'd anticipated because it was very difficult to get yield. You know, they didn't want to put a lot of money at the substantial risk, and so they were, they were getting modest returns off their portfolio, 3-4%, let's say. And the reality of it is, is I felt like they were they were limiting themselves. They, they, number one, didn't have the research. They didn't have the background. They didn't have the perspective. And they didn't know what they didn't know. And the reality is there's a lot of different investments out there that can be helpful for yield. And taking a modest increase, if you go from a 4% return to a 6 or a 7% return, that can have a real meaningful difference in retirement income. Imagine a million bucks at 4% is forty grand a year, you know, a little over $3,000 a month coming in. Imagine if you could go to 7%. Now you've got 70 grand coming in a year. You know, that's almost six grand a month coming in. How much more could you do? How much more travel? How much more flexibility might you have? Um, you know, so it's important to know all of the resources that are out there. And not all investments are suitable for everyone. And there are risk considerations to take into uh, account. But if you're out right now, retired, uh, frustrated by the low-yield world, concerned about maybe the uh, bond bubble on the horizon, then I've got a guide for you. I've got a Davis Financial Advisors Investor's Guide. It's called The Hunt for Yield, an in-depth profile and outline of 11 investments and four different strategies for retirement income. If you need income, if you'd like to increase potentially your income, this guide is for you. 
800-682-2806. My team's standing by. They're going to ask you a few brief, simple questions. And then we'll send this to you uh, today via regular mail or email, whichever you prefer. Again, 800-682-2806. All right. So moving on, I wanted to talk about uh, some select investments, some stuff that's different, okay? And one of the investments that I would like to discuss, for example, is uh, Master Limited Partnerships, MLPs. In an investment landscape characterized by low interest rates and a U.S. energy renaissance, Master Limited Partnerships, MLPs, which invest largely in oil and gas assets, are experiencing a bit of a revival. MLPs were in vogue in the 1970s when taxes, interest rates, and energy prices were much higher. Now, these investment vehicles appear to have been attracting investors once again. So what is an MLP? Think of it as the pipelines, you know, the energy transportation super tollways. Um, I liken MLPs to kind of an energy version of owning the Bay Bridge tollway. You know, you don't if you, own the, if you and I own the Bay Bridge, we wouldn't care if, you know, a 73 Pento, Ford Pento comes through the lane or a brand new Ferrari. We're going to get our six bucks. Um, you know, we care that people want to cross the bridge. Well, MLPs, pipelines, they care that energy is desired, that it's needed, that it's wanted, um, that it's shipped through their pipelines. They get fees for that. So an MLP is a type of limited partnership that's publicly traded. There are two types of partners in this type of partnership. The limited partner is the person or group that provides the capital to the MLP and receives periodic income distributions from the MLP's cash flow, whereas the general partner is the party responsible for managing the MLP's affairs and receives compensation that is linked to the performance of the venture. One of the most crucial criteria that must be met in order for a partnership to be legally classified as an MLP is that the partnership must derive 90% of its cash flow from real estate, natural resources, and or commodities. The advantage of an MLP is that it combines the tax benefits of a limited partnership with the liquidity of a publicly traded company. Uh, master limited partnerships are publicly listed securities that trade much like a stock, but they are taxed as partnerships, not as corporations. The two main catalysts behind the increased demand for MLPs in recent years has been the comparatively high yield that many offer and the potential tax advantages. Uh, drawbacks. Investors should be aware of the risks of MLPs. Among them, concentration risks, illiquidity, exposure to potential volatility, tax reporting complexity, uh, fiscal policy, market risk. It is advisable to consider the suitability of an MLPs given your individual income needs and portfolio constraints. So, you want to sit down with somebody that knows your situation and knows how these things work. Let's move on. Let's give another investment. Uh, Alphabet Soup here, R-E-I-T, a REIT. A REIT, or a Real Estate Investment Trust, is a company that owns or finances income-producing real estate. Modeled after mutual funds, REITs attempt to provide investors of all types regular income streams, diversification, and long-term capital appreciation. REITs typically pay out all of their taxable income as dividends to shareholders. In return, shareholders pay the income taxes on those dividends. REITs allow anyone to invest in portfolios of large-scale properties the same way they invest in other industries, through the purchase of stock. In the same way, shareholders benefit by owning stocks in the corporations. The stockholders of a REIT potentially earn a share of the income produced through real estate investment, without actually having to go out and buy or finance the property themselves. In other words, if you don't like the three T's, taxes, tenants, and toilets. You know, REITs could be an example of a more passive way of owning real estate. Most REITs are traded on major stock exchanges, but there are also public non-listed and private REITs. Two different types, main types of REITs are equity REITs and mortgage REITs. Equity REITs generate income through the collection of rent on and from sales of the properties they own for the long term. 
mortgage REITs invest in mortgages or mortgage securities tied to the commercial and or residential properties. Today, REITs are tied to almost all aspects of the economy, uh, including apartments, hospitals, hotels, industrial facilities, infrastructure. Uh, I'm a big fan of nursing homes, long-term care facilities, etc., offices, shopping malls, storage centers, student housing, timberlands. REIT-owned properties are located in every state and support 1 million U.S. jobs annually. U.S. REITs have become a model for REITs around the world, and now more than 30 countries around the world have adopted REIT legislation. To qualify as a REIT, a company must invest at least 75% of its total assets in real estate, derive at least 75% of its gross income from rents from real property, interest on mortgage financing real property or from sales of real estate, pay at least 90% of its taxable income in the form of shareholder dividends each year, be an entity that is taxable as a corporation, uh, be managed by a board of directors or trustees, have a minimum of at least 100 shareholders, and have no more than 50% of its shares held by five or fewer individuals. Now, let me be clear. REITs come in two basic flavors, publicly traded and non-publicly traded. Publicly traded real estate. One of the advantages to public REITs is the, they can be purchased easily on the open stock market and are liquid at any time. One of the disadvantages of publicly traded real estate is also its advantage. It's liquid at any time for any reason like the rest of the stock market. Public REITs are not considered a pure real estate place since you only own equity in a company, not tangible real estate. Thus, the inflation protection prowess is relatively tame. Also, because of the traded nature of publicly traded REITs, they also tend to closely follow the broader stock market. Let me, let me say that again. Real estate that is put into the stock market will tend to look and act like stock. Does that make sense? If you put real estate into the stock market, it's going to jump around because of what Putin did, what Greece is doing or not doing, what Yellen said. You know, it jumps around. It's volatile from one day to the next. Uh, real estate outside of the stock market tends to be more steady. It's, it's less volatile. Uh, it's not that it can't be affected by other things. It's just not affected by, in my opinion, as many things. Um, so non-traded REITs are the opposite. Uh, they're still a publicly registered. They have a board of directors. They have a, a CEO, CFO, etc., but they, um, but they're they're privately held. They're, they don't have anything to do with the stock market. So private REITs are a pure play on real estate that offer virtually no stock market correlation, tangible ownership, the opportunity for dividend income, an inflation heads, hedge. It's even possible to um, obtain granularity by selecting a REIT that's geographically specific, like New York City or Texas, or sector specific, healthcare facilities, uh, long-term care facilities, grocery anchors, those types of things. One of the disadvantages of non-traded REITs is their lack of easy transparency. It's difficult for investors to decipher what's a good private REIT and what isn't. Always look for high occupancy rates, at least 85% at a minimum, low leverage, ideally 50% or below, dividend stability, and a stated exit strategy. Look for a five- to seven-year hold. Uh, the Blue Vault Report is a great unbiased resource for evaluation. Since private REITs are, the, are in the acquisition stage, they're buying uh, real estate now and not traded on the open market, they are generally illiquid. Extra care needs to be allocated to understanding how non-traded REITs may or may not be suitable for your situation. Keep in mind that investments in real estate involve significant risks, including, but not limited to, no secondary market, limitations on liquidity or illiquidity, transfer and or redemption of shares, distributions made may not come from income and can be, redeemed a re can be deemed a return of capital, and dividends or income is not guaranteed. Possible loss of principal as well. So go into them. Uh, eyes wide open. Sit down with somebody that's really knowledgeable uh, to help you understand your situation and, and these investments so that you can make sure that they're suitable for you. All right, moving on. Let's talk about preferred stocks for a second. A preferred stock is a, a second type of stock other than common, 
which a company may choose to issue. Uh, preferred stock is listed separately from common stock and trades at a different price. Unlike common stockholders, uh, preferred stockholders are not usually entitled to voting rights, but they do have a higher claim on assets and earnings than do common shareholders. While common shareholders are not guaranteed a dividend payment, preferred shareholders enjoy a fairly fixed dividend and are paid before a company decides whether it can pay its common shareholders. In other words, it has preference. It's preferred. On the other hand, if the company does increasingly well, dividends for preferred shareholders are unlikely to increase as earnings increase, while a common stockholder could benefit from higher dividend payments. Preferred stocks or preferred securities may um, share many characteristics of both a stock and a bond. Like bonds, they have a relatively high fixed-rate payment. Like common stock, they are generally listed on a stock exchange. A preferred stock is an equity that may or may not have maturity. The preferred can either pay a dividend or interest, usually quarterly and or semi-annually, and it represents a non-voting ownership in the company. These securities are also called preferred because preferred shareholders have superior rights to assets and cash flows of a company versus common shareholders in the event of a bankruptcy or liquidation. Think Enron or WorldCom. All right, so if any of this is making sense to you, then I'd encourage you to do one thing. Uh, give us a call. Uh, get our latest investor's guide. I've got a 32-page guide for you if you phone us at 800-682-2806. It's a toll-free number, 800-682-2806. I'm going to give you the Hunt for Yield, an in-depth profile and outline of 11 investments and four strategies for retirement income. All you got to do is phone us at 800-682-2806. All right, when I return, I'm going to talk about UITs and BDCs, a little bit of alphabet soup. My name's Sean Davis. This is Uncommon Investments. Have you ever laid up at night unable to sleep because of the uncertainty you have about your future income? Maybe you're about to retire and you really haven't planned it out the way you know you should. You may have a reasonable nest egg, but is it in the proper places to provide you the income you'll need? Do you know what income need really is? At Davis Financial Advisors, you're going to get answers to questions like these. They'll help you find the best options for your situation to live comfortably in retirement, like you had anticipated. They'll help you keep that retirement dream alive. Your travel, your motorhome, your time spent with family and friends or community, now closer to reality because you have a plan that can provide you the yield necessary to continue the lifestyle you anticipate. Call Davis Financial Advisors and get the information you need to get started on your own retirement income now. 1-800-682-2806. That's 1-800-682-2806. Online at davisfinancialadvisors.com. Consistently sharing what you didn't know you didn't know. Welcome back to the show. Sean Davis on your radio. Talking about your money talking about your investments, talking about yield in a low-yield world. Um, let me ask you a question. What could you do with increased income? Do you, do you feel like retirement's worked out the way it was supposed to for you? Do you feel like you're getting as consistent an income as you wanted? Do you feel like you're getting as good an income as you wanted? Would you like to do better? Imagine what getting an increase in income might allow you to do. Could you travel more? Could you go see your kids? Maybe you could help them, support them more. Um, could you have more flexibility? Maybe enjoy a night out more often. Um, just think about it. I mean, if you if you got a million-dollar portfolio and you're only yielding a 4% return for income off the portfolio, that that's not quite probably what you expected retirement was going to look like. A lot different than maybe 6 7 8% as an example. Okay? And so if you don't know how to find that, all the more reason— you should give us a call, 800-682-2806. I've got a Davis Financial Advisors Investor's Guide I'd like to send you. 
It's called The Hunt for Yield. It's an in-depth profile an outline of 11 investments and four strategies for retirement income. And it's yours if you phone us at 800-682-2806. My team's standing by. They're going to ask you a few brief, simple, short questions. Once we get the answer to these questions, we'll send this information out to you today via regular mail or email, whichever you prefer. Again, 800-682-2806. All right, so moving on, I want to talk about another investment, UITs, Unit Investment Trusts. Have you heard of them? Do you use them? We use them a lot uh, for income. A unit investment trust is a pooled investment vehicle in which a portfolio of securities, investments, bonds, potentially, is selected by the sponsor and deposited into the trust. UITs employ a buy-and-hold philosophy of investing uh, versus maybe their mutual fund cousins. You know, traditional equity funds are open-ended on both sides. You know, they can raise an unlimited amount of money and they can redeem an unlimited amount of money. I liken them to driving in your car, being able to steer your car, but not being able to control the gas or the brake pedal. You can't control how fast or slow you go. And that's that's a traditional equity fund in the stock market. A UIT is closed-end. It's a specific amount of money raised to buy a specific basket of securities to not usually be held longer than, let's say, two years, um, as an example. Investors purchase units of a trust, which represent an undivided ownership interest in the assets contained. This buy-and-hold philosophy maintains... That is far better to purchase a well-chosen portfolio and to hold it for a period of time rather than playing, quote-unquote, the market. This helps eliminate emotional investing and the temptation to buy and sell for various reasons that an investor cannot control. For example, the volatility of the stock market, interest rates, inflation, the overall economy, political elections, or the latest investment fad. This philosophy of buy and hold requires an investor to have patience and discipline rather than looking for only short-term performance. This approach has the potential to reward investors over the long term while allowing them to be less concerned with day-to-day fluctuations in the market. Because they follow a buy-and-hold approach, the value of the units of the trust will fluctuate with the value of the underlying securities. UITs enable investors to own a basket of securities with one single purchase rather than trying to select individual stocks or bonds to meet their objectives. And UITs are designed to fill a variety of investment needs, including income. Uh, a variety of risk tolerance levels and may be appropriate for a variety of reasons such as liquidity, diversification, etc. Of course, should your needs change, UITs can be liquidated on a daily basis at the redemption price, which may or may not be more or less than what you paid for it. So um, the securities selected for the trust are researched and evaluated using uh, database screening techniques, fundamental analysis, the judgment of the research analysts at the company sponsoring the investment, But here are some of the advantages. Uh, Diversification. UITs are diversified across many different securities, which helps reduce risk, but but does not eliminate it entirely, obviously. Um, It would take a substantial time and capital commitment to achieve this type of diversification on your own. Uh, They are fully invested in the market. Uh, UIT holds limited cash positions, unlike equity funds, so more of your money is working in the market. Ease of ownership. uh, With one low minimum purchase amount, you can own a professionally selected portfolio of securities. They have daily liquidity. There is reinvestment options allowed as well. So check them out. Unit Investment Trust. They might be just what you've been looking for. All right, moving on. Let's talk about business development companies. There's been a lot of buzz about business development companies, BDCs, of late. So I thought I'd provide an overview of the product type and the industry as a whole. A BDC is a form of publicly registered company in the United States that provides financing to small and mid-sized businesses. This form of company was created by Congress back in 1980 as an amendment to the Investment Company Act of 1940. As a result, Congress created a new category of closed-end funds 
known as business development companies. BDCs are essentially publicly traded, closed-in funds that make investments in private, or in some cases, public companies, typically with lower trading volumes, with investment objectives of providing for the possibility of capital appreciation and current income. BDCs are investment companies in answer to an independent board of directors, just like a publicly traded stock. BDCs, which essentially can be viewed as a hybrid between a traditional investment company and an operating company, represent a transparent portfolio of loans, similar in some sense to private equity or venture capital, which can be traded publicly, generally without restriction or back-end fees. Public filing firms may elect to be regulated as a BDC if they meet certain requirements of the Investment Company Act. One such requirement is that uh, business development companies must maintain at least 70% of its investments in eligible assets before investing in non-eligible assets. The majority of BDCs elect to be treated as a regular investment company, RIC, for tax purposes. As a result, they must distribute at least 90% of their investment company taxable income, as defined by the IRC, Internal Revenue Code, to shareholders each year. Known portfolio BDCs have garnered a lot of attention in recent years given their associated high distribution yields relative to more traditional fixed income investments. According to data from CEFA, C-E-F-A, the average market yield on the universe of BDCs that is currently paying a dividend as of October 31st, 2014, is over 9%. Again, let me say that. According to data from CIFA, the average market yield on the universe of BDCs that is currently paying a dividend as of October 31st, 2014, is over 9%. However, many investors have moved into this product type without conducting the necessary due diligence to have an appreciation for their potential pitfalls and risks, as higher yields are typically associated with higher risks. These risks include, but are not limited to, the following. Credit and investment risk of the underlying company for whom the BDC provides financing. Leverage risk for those BDCs that employ leverage in their investment strategy. Interest rate risk, market risk, and liquidity risk. All right, so if you're an investor in search of, in need of, yield presently, then I would encourage you to do one thing. Write this number down. Call it now. It's a toll-free number, 800-682-2806. Here's why. We want you to sit down with us one-on-one. We can give you a second opinion. If you're retired and need of income, we'd love to give you a second opinion. As a way of introduction, I'd like to give you the following investor's guide. When you call 800-682-2806, my team is going to send you our latest investor's guide called The Hunt for Yield, an in-depth profile and outline of 11 investments and four strategies for retirement income. All you have to do, this is your money. You're paying for the lessons. You might as well get educated. You All you have to do is simply dial this one number, 800 800- 682-2806. And we'll send you the guide today via regular mail or email, whichever you prefer. Okay, up next, I'm going to get into a strategy discussion. We're talking about barbells, bullets, ladders, and a Pac-Man strategy. Oh, my. Wow. UITs, BDCs, REITs. It, it sounds complex, like financial alphabet soup. That was great information about how to find yield in non-traditional places. Retirement income planning is complex, and the world of investments is vast. Shouldn't you sit down with someone that is knowledgeable about these issues to give you a second opinion? Don't you hate it when you go to a car dealership and the sales rep implies that the only car you want to own is the one they want to sell you? That happens with financial service firms, too. Some believe that no matter what stage in life you are in, the stock market is the only place you should be. Do you want to be limited like that? Shouldn't you work with a firm that can represent many options so they can tailor a recommendation to your specific situation? 
Inside the stock market or outside the stock market, at Davis Financial Advisors, they have a huge toolbox of resources to help you, especially with retirement income planning. Get a second opinion. It might be quite refreshing. Call Davis Financial Advisors now, 1-800-682-2806. Once again, 1-800-682-2806. Welcome back to the show. Sean Davis on your radio, talking about your money, talking about yield today. If you're retired in search of yield, well, rest assured, I've done the legwork for you. Searched far and wide, east coast, west coast, midwest, up through Alaska, over trees, over mountains, uh, climbed Everest in the search of yield for you. (laughs) Not really, but uh, did a lot of research on uh, different places to find yield in a low-yield world. And I've got an investor's guide I wrote called The Hunt for Yield. It's an in-depth profile and outline of 11 investments and strategies, uh, four different strategies for retirement income, and it's yours, but you got to be proactive. you got to call us, 800-682-2806. It's a toll-free number. My team's standing by. They're going to ask you a few brief, simple questions. Uh, this guide is a way of introduction. We're trying to introduce our services to you. We think that this is our wheelhouse, helping people that are retired drive retirement income from their portfolios um, in a diversified way. And uh, if that's you, if you're interested in an increase and or other strategies for retirement income, then give us a call, 800-682-2806. We'll give you that hunt for yield. And Kaylee and and Stephanie in my office will call you to actually um, see if you'd like to sit down with us one-on-one. What else might you learn from the guy that wrote the stuff if you sit down with us one-on-one? So, 800-682-2806. 800-682-2806. All right, I want to get on to uh, strategies because I talked about four different strategies, and I probably won't be able to get through all of them. Bullets, barbells, and ladders. Oh, my. I also got a Pac-Man strategy. I want to save some time for that. I think that one's going to be an interesting one for you to learn about. But uh, let's jump in. If you're in need of retirement income, you know, strategy number one is you can you can do a bond ladder. You know, ladders a bond ladder staggers the maturity of your fixed income investments while creating a schedule for reinvesting the proceeds as each bond matures. Because your holdings are not kind of bunched up in one time period, you reduce the risk of being caught holding a significant cash position when reinvesting is less optimal. For instance, if rates on current bonds are too low to generate sufficient income. So example, uh, let's say you buy three bonds scheduled to mature in two years, four years, and six years. As each bond matures and repays your principal, you reinvest the proceeds in a 10-year bond. Longer-term bonds like these typically offer higher interest rates. More importantly, because no two bonds mature at the same time, you've created a diversified maturity distribution. Ladders are popular among those investing bonds with long-term objectives, such as saving for college tuition. They're also particularly useful for retirees and others trying to create a predictable income stream. Laddering however, can require a substantial commitment of assets over time, and the return of principal at maturity of any bond is not guaranteed. All right, bond barbell. Have you heard of a barbell before? Not the thing that you lift with, trying to get all big and muscular. Not that kind of a barbell. (laughs) I'm talking about a bond barbell. When pursuing a bond barbell strategy, you purchase short and long-term bonds only. Theoretically, this provides you with the best of both worlds. By owning longer-term bonds, you lock in higher interest rates, while owning shorter-term securities gives you greater flexibility 
to invest in other assets should rates fall too low to provide sufficient income. If rates should rise, the short-term bonds can be held to maturity and then reinvested at the higher prevailing interest rates. So this, you know, our uh, strategy right now today would be a good time to potentially consider a bond barbell. In order to take advantage of high long-term interest rates, you buy two long-term bonds. At the same time, you also buy two short-term bonds. Once the short-term bonds mature and you receive the principal, you can decide on how to invest it in more bonds if rates are higher you know, or high enough to generate a sufficient amount of income, or in more liquid shorter-term investments if you think rates may rise soon. At the same time, you continue to receive interest payments from the two higher-yielding long-term bonds. So that's just some of these strategies. Uh, a bond bullet. Have you heard of a bullet? Well, not other than things that comes out of a gun or a rifle, right? So <laughs> when pursuing a bullet strategy, you purchase several bonds that mature at the same time, minimizing your interest rate risk by staggering your purchase dates but having them all kind of come due at the same time. So in this environment, you might wanted to do a, a bullet a year or two ago under the premise that the Fed would eventually start raising rates, and you wanted to have those bonds mature before those interest rate increases were to occur. So that's another example. It's bonds, ladders, and bullets. Or wait, excuse me, barbells, ladders, bullets. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about the Pac-Man strategy. This strategy, little known, little heard of, but this strategy um, was partially inspired by a concept called a split annuity. It was also inspired by the original Ninta, Nintendo Pac-Man game, as the Pac-Man was always eating and chomping away at the dots or pellets in the game. To use a farming analogy, this strategy does involve eating some of your seed corn. But stay with me here. You'll see, you'll see the wisdom of it. You'll see the ingenious nature of it. Uh, this strategy is ideally suited for an investor that wants to generate more income than is possible in a very low interest rate world. Our current economic environment is well-suited for this strategy as interest rates are low and equity prices have risen dramatically in the last six years. Essentially, you break your retirement assets into two different categories of growth and income. So one bucket's growth, one bucket's income. The income component is a liquidation bucket that you'll gradually liquidate over time. The growth bucket is tasked with regrowing the equivalent of the income bucket that was consumed over a specific period of time. If the growth bucket excels in performance and increases by more than the assets it's consumed, then there is the possibility to do it again with larger income the next time. So let me give you an example. Let's assume that you're an investor with a portfolio worth a million bucks. You want to be conservative with your investments because you don't want to lose the money but you still need income. Unfortunately, because of today's interest rate world, you can only yield about 2% from CDs, which corresponds to a measly 20 grand a year on a million dollar portfolio. So here's another option to consider. Let's say you take 350,000 of the principal and elect to liquidate it, consume it over the next 10 years. If you liquidate the 350,000 over the next 10 years, assuming it still draws the same 2% interest rate, you'll be able to generate 38,964 bucks a year or almost twice the amount you were going to receive otherwise. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why would I gradually liquidate my account if I'm concerned about losing money? Well, let's talk about where we're going to do and what we're going to do with the other 650,000. See, the other 650,000 that you didn't consume is tasked with regrowing the $350,000 over the next 10 years. As a result of the new 10-year time frame for growth, you can invest it for a better growth return instead of just income. If the portfolio, if the 650000 if that portfolio averages just 4.4% growth over the next 10 years, then the 650 becomes a million at the end of 10 years. It grows back what you consume. Then you can do it again. It does get better. As a result of the increased investment time frame, you know, 10 years, 
you can be a bit more aggressive with your investment allocation. If the portfolio can average 7% over the next 10 years, it will actually grow to $1.278 million at the end of 10 years. You could then take the increase of $278,000, add it to the three hundred fifty that you intend to invest again, and now create $69,000 a year in income for the subsequent 10 years. Now, I went a little fast on that, but that's the math, and we'd love to show it to you. I've got an example of that in our latest Investor's Guide, and we'd love to sit down with you one-on-one to show you how we help people with these types of strategies and these types of investments as well. All you got to do to take advantage of either is phone us, 800-682-2806. I believe a financial advisor should bring you knowledge, information, and resources you can't easily come by on your own. Otherwise, what's the point of the relationship? And that's what I'm trying to bring to you. Knowledge, resources, ideas, strategies, and you can get them if you call us at 800-682-2806. I'll give you our investor's guide, The Hunt for Yield, an in-depth profile and outline of 11 investments and four different strategies for retirement income. It's yours if you call 800-682-2806. Don't forget, Kaylee and Stephanie in my office will also call you to offer you a chance to sit down with us one-on-one to get a true second opinion. We might see your portfolio completely different than you, and that could help with income. My name's Sean Davis. I'll see you next week. Different types of investing involve varying degrees of risk, including market fluctuation, possible loss of principal value, or liquidity. There can be no assurance that any investment strategy will be profitable. The show is now over, but this is the critical question that only you can answer. Was it informative and helpful? Sean and his team feel that financial advisors should bring you knowledge, information, and resources that you cannot easily come by on your own. Otherwise, what is the point of a financial advisor? If you can do what they do, you probably don't need one. There are two ways to make the information you heard here today more valuable to you. First, call or go online to receive the white paper Sean offered. Having a tangible copy of the information will allow you to take notes and review. Second, take the advantage of the opportunity to sit down with an advisor one-on-one. Retirement planning is complex and individual. It requires the knowledge of professionals. If you requested information, you will be called to personally schedule your no-obligation private meeting. Call 800-682-2806. That's 800-682-2806. Online at davisfinancialadvisors.com.